Hey there, sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 66th episode of Theas Tea. Thanks for tuning in. Today was one of those days where I just knew which mug I was going to use for this episode of Theas Tea. There was no opening the cupboard, staring at it, sifting through seeing if there was a magically placed new mug that I hadn't thought of. No, that did not happen today because something incredible happened between the time I last recorded like my previous episode and right now. And that important event was the birthday of Theasty Podcast. Theasty is officially one year old. Yay! I hope you guys heard the special episode that I released on Wednesday not last Wednesday, like the Wednesday before, the 28th of April, which was the official birthday. It was in Spanish and it was very meaningful to me. My good friend Jose, the best friend ever, literally sent me a mug to celebrate Dasty birthday and it is no ordinary mug. He literally got like a master's in Canva and designed like the whole layout himself super thoughtfully like all around Dasty. You know, there's like the cover art on it. You know, there's my little intro that I say at the beginning and it says one year of the podcast and it's decorated. It is just gorgeous and it's yellow on the inside. It is literally perfect in every sense of the world and it I feel like what better way to kick off this first year of Theas Tea than with my very own personalized mug, you know, an element that is so important in the podcast and that is, you know, part of its like core. So I think this was just the loveliest, <laughs> most thoughtful gift and I am so excited to be drinking from it today. As for the tea within itself, it is the Pesh Cassis, which is peach and blueberry tea from the brand Casino. I just wanted something that was like really comforting and that was really like familiar for me. And I've had this tea a couple of times before, like, you know, there's there's no surprises and that's what I like. Obviously, like, you know, when a tea flavor is mass produced, like it's always the same, but you know, it's like very solidified in my taste buds and i know what to expect so i just wanted that like feeling of comfort as for a little bit of the setup it is a friday night it's 9:09 p.m and i'm really excited because tomorrow we don't have class in 11th grade in my school we have classes on saturdays to prepare for standardized exams here but tomorrow is the first of may so there's no class tomorrow because you know it's like a day off but overall like my entire body hurts <laughs> you know I have been working out and like I, I always work out, but you know, I did like, I really went off these past couple of days. So I'm kind of sore and I, on popular opinion, love being sore. It makes me feel like proud of my workout because it's like, wow, you actually did something. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's like weird. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sore. And also today I cooked in like my generation at school. We all got together this evening and we cooked pasta together as like a bonding activity so i was standing up in the kitchen for a long time in addition to like the, the long time that it took me to clean the kitchen so my feet are also killing me 
but you know that's okay i'm just chilling like in front of my i'm on my desk i'm on my chair i've got my laptop in front of me you know it's all dark my mom and my sister are sleeping so yeah you know the physical pain is not too much of a problem right now and this is a q a this is may's bonus episode where we are going to be answering some of your guys's questions i will not get tired of these episodes literally every time i post the question stickers on my story i am so excited to see the questions you submit so if you submitted thank you so much from the bottom of my heart it excites me so much and for this month you guys really popped off because there are some very important and like serious topics we're going to be discussing so i am prepared for the challenge <laughs> and i'm really excited to talk about all of these important subjects we're going to be addressing today so let's dive right in but right before you know shameless plug if you guys want to take a look at what that famous mug looks like be sure to have head over to the podcast instagram at the sd podcast and you can see little pictures of it and how i'm looking today <laughs> and also if you want to make part of upcoming q a's then you should definitely follow me on there because it's a platform through which I collect the questions. So now let's dive right in. The first idea comes from Socks and it is for me to talk about inclusive language in the RAE or RAE, which is basically the real academy of the Spanish language. And these are the people who like emit, it's like the institution who emits like the official dictionaries and it's like the most reliable source of the Spanish language in terms of like grammar, spelling, and all of that. You know, it's like obviously very highly esteemed. You know, all of like the information we get from school in terms of like writing comes directly from here. And whenever you're like in an argument with your friends about grammar, like this is always the source you check up on. So yeah, it's like a really important institution for us Spanish speakers. But in the past couple of years, there's been like a lot of conversation stirring up about the RAE's position on inclusive language. And obviously, you know, like these institutions are super old and kind of like fixed in their ways. So, you know, changing the language and like adding new words and all of that can come as a challenge. And you know, it happens when we start incorporating like words that are derived from other languages because of globalization. And now it's happening again with like, you know, gender neutral pronouns and topics like that. The RAI has been like pretty reluctant to officially integrate these types of words into the language and you know like provide official definitions and validate them like as actual words you know because a big part of the RAI is checking if words exist or not you know and being able to tell somebody like oh my gosh that's not the way you say it the actual word is this so a bunch of like these gender neutral pronouns aren't considered official for the RAI so like having that context set out preparing prepare <laughs> what was that um preparing to answer this question i actually like did a little bit of research and i stumbled upon like this huge pdf it's like a 136 pdf all about inclusive language and the rai and it was like officially emitted by the rai and like they yeah they put it out and they wrote it so of course this will be linked in the show notes if you want to take a closer look at it but i found this part that i feel like sums up their position really clearly and i just wanted to go ahead and talk about that so i'm gonna read it first all in spanish and then in english 
So this is like apart from the chapter that's like stating their position and they just set out like three key bullet points. So that's what I'm going to read now. It says, primero, el lenguaje y más concretamente la lengua <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, anyway, it said, primero, el lenguaje y más concretamente la lengua española es sexista. So in English, that basically is language and specifically the Spanish language is sexist. And then, segundo. La RAE favorece el mantenimiento de estructuras, normas sexistas y variantes léxicas que ocultan la presencia de la mujer en la comunicación. So that in English means the RAE favors or like promotes the man, man, maintenance of structures, um, sexist norms and like lexic variations that like cover up the presence of women in communication and this i think specifically is referring to in some languages you know if you speak like for instance french and i think like german as well um you'll notice that like all different kinds of like um objects are denoted like with feminine or masculine for instance in english you say the mug but like in spanish you would say la taza so like the mug is a feminine object you know and like in english i guess you could say it's like gender neutral so i think that's probably one of the things oh wait no they're probably just referring to the fact that you know like in spanish and in french you know when you have like a crowd of people the normal thing like before would be to say nosotros and nosotros means like that there like is what you say when it's a group of men right but if you have men and women like even if you have a hundred women and just one man then you say nosotros you know so like it's just a subtle way to show like that the presence of men like weighs more than the presence of women and then the third thing it says is tercero es necesario borrar de la gramática y el léxico opciones machistas y sustituirlas por otras que permitan la visualización de la mujer so this translates to it's necessary to erase from grammatic from like grammatics and from the lexic um sexist options and substitute them with other ones that allow the visualization of women so even though this like little extract is specifically talking to um like men and women we're aware that there are like more genders than that and i feel like just the fact that you know the two like traditional genders like there's so much supremacy in the spanish language of one over the other so now imagine like all the other genders that older more conservative people like the people in the rai um don't like aren't as open to accept you know so like my point is if they are struggling so much to incorporate women into the language then just imagine how much more difficult it is for all of these other genders so i just wanted to use that to like show what the position is looking like so taking now like this answer to a broader context with just my personal thoughts it is very clear that inclusive pronouns are not officially recognized like for instance in spanish like the net gender neutral version of some words would be for instance, the example that I put of nosotros earlier. So nosotros is like masculine or just at least one man. And then nosotras would be with girls. But if you want to say that in a gender neutral way, it would be nosotres. Instead of an O or an A, you put in an E or you can put in an X. So like that technically is incorrect according to the RAI. So why does all of this matter anyhow? 
it's important, you know, having inclusive pronouns officially recognized is important because even though the community doesn't need validation, you know, they're like enough as they are and they don't need like the language to kind of allow them to identify with the gender that they identify with, like they don't need that permission. It is important for institutions like these um, because they're currently showing reluctancy and they're not allowing the current language to meet our needs, to meet the needs of the society who's using it and who is keeping it vigent. I mean, just imagine the language is projecting itself as such a hostile environment that it doesn't even like fully want to mold itself to the needs of the people who are using it and imagine how devastating it must be for you to have like your native language the language you grew up speaking with and feel like you can't fully express yourself with it not because the words don't exist but just because those words are deemed wrong you know you're probably in an environment where people are already telling you that this gender identification is wrong and then having the actual words you would use to express that also be deemed as like grammatically incorrect it it just goes to show like how deep the roots of you know like the whole like phobia towards the community are as wittgenstein said language is formed by the use it is given and the rai is essentially failing to meet that they are aware that we are using language in a different way and as their it's literally their job to make sure that language is being like kept up to date so they're just kind of like turning a blind eye towards that and trying to live like blissfully in their ignorance which as a spanish speaker is quite frankly embarrassing and you know to feel like i feel like growing up i just like admired the raya so much because it felt kind of like this is gonna sound like so cheesy but it felt like a kind of safe space because i remember like in sixth and seventh grade i loved like it was when i started to like fall in love with spelling and it was when i was learning the most so the raya's like web page was sacred for me and i love like checking up on it and seeing like how clear everything was and you know now that i'm a bit older and that my eyes are like more open i realize that it's really not as great as i thought and and it's not like an integral institution all the way like yes they can have amazing technical knowledge but you know they're not responding to the people who are using <laughs> the language so i feel like this is something really interesting to think about and explore and i invite you guys to like question your use of the language and hold accountable whoever needs to be held accountable so thank you so much for the interesting question and i hope you took something from it our next question is also quite heavy and it comes from Osu and she invites us to talk about the current protests that are happening in Colombia. So if you do not live in Colombia or even if you do, I just wanted to like sort of set like the basis of where this conversation is going to stem from. Colombia is currently undergoing a series of protests for something called the Reforma Tributaria which was passed. Um, now it's not necessarily like official yet, but it was like admitted for public knowledge. So basically, uh, Reforma Tributaria is a proyecto de ley. I just, I don't know like this terminology in English. I'm sorry. I only know it in Spanish, but it's basically, um, you know, like a proposal. It's not yet official, but it's very likely that it will be official and it revolves around like economic subjects you know so it's basically like its specific goal is in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and 
how the economy was hit specifically in Colombia. So like what we're going to do to level that out. And the it's like its essence is very much oriented towards, you know, taking more from, you know, the wealthier people and supposedly redirecting that towards people who don't have that many needs. And there are several problems with this because for one, we know that the government has never been fully transparent in that it's very clear that they will not be, you know, like honest with where that money goes and they'll probably just keep a good deal of that for themselves. So it's just like us wasting our own money. And then the second bit is to compensate and to sort of like for what they consider like to collect the amount necessary to be able to kind of like subsidiar, like um, compensate for like the the people who have lower incomes. They're going to be starting taking at like taking more money from a relatively lower status you know like here um the status is divided in six you know depending on your wealth so they're going to be starting to take that from a much lower amount to give to like the even i don't want to say poor but like the the more poor people so they're putting into like this quote-unquote rich box people who don't have that many resources so yeah i hope that was clear enough to understand but i do want to compliment like this sort of contextualization with a really awesome informative post that i saw so let me pull that up it was made from el espectador which is a newspaper so they just basically like did an instagram where they summed it all up into like the important specific details so the post is in spanish but i'm gonna like read it in english for y'all and of course it will be linked in the show notes so it's basically titled the details of the reforma tributaria <laughs> i don't know how to say that in english that is arriving to the congress so Bear with me because I'm going to be reading this and translating as I go. It basically says that the government is expecting to collect 26.1 billones, like billions of Colombian pesos with this proyecto de ley. And basically it's trying to like take away the impact or like, yeah, like compensate for uh, deficit fiscal. I don't know how to say that in English. That has raised up to 90 billion pesos colombianos in the pandemic and there are also like other causes not just the pandemic so basically what the government is currently doing is that there is this tax that's called the iva that is placed on like a lot of products and to the lower statuses of the country they give that money back to them right so in order to be able to give that money back to them they have to charge it from the wealthier people so from like according to this project the goal is from 37,500 pesos colombianos monthly it's going to raise to 50,000 pesos monthly starting at 2022 so that's a pretty significant rise considering that we're gonna have to be paying that monthly and in addition the expectance of like making this shift will be able to transform helping from 1 million houses that are in the most vulnerable economic situations to 4.7 million houses which again seems really optimist and in theory it sounds like an amazing idea but we know that probably like in the practice it's not going to have that expected effect and that a lot of it is going to end up like in corruption another program is one that's called solidarity um incomes i keep forgetting all of the words because i'm going so quickly 
um, back and forth between Spanish and English. So basically, this program is a program that currently is giving 160,000 pesos colombianos monthly to the most vulnerable households economically that aren't benefited from like any other initiatives that the state provides so with this new camp no with this like modification of the campaign they're expecting to reach 4.7 million homes and right now they currently reach 3 million homes so it's not as a big increase as the last one but it is pretty significant so the new payment that will have to be made on behalf of the wealthier households will have to be between 80,000 monthly and 366,000 monthly, obviously depending on the conditions of each household. The next aspect is talking about um, being able to like make college education affordable for people that have low income. So they're basically saying that 100% of tuition will be covered in public universities for those households that have like the least income nationally to promote you know education and along that same line of the workforce they are going to be trying to guarantee social security for five years to the youth on the front line people that have disabilities people that are learning in the sena which is an institution like an educative institution here um women that are older than 40 and that do not have a job and, you know, the elderly that do not have, like, a retirement fund. Like everything in Colombia, um, this sounds really pretty in theory, but, and I hate to say this, and I'm saying this because I know it and because I've seen it, a lot of, like, the way politics works here, and I'm pretty sure, like, in the entire world, is, you know, they come out with, like, these shiny like appealing proposals but a lot of the time executing them you know is done so with very little honesty very little transparency and they can't really manage to get things done <laughs> so here is where it gets really ugly you guys i'm sorry for like the spanglish i'm doing this in but there are like so many of the, like these terms that i don't know the translation to but it's about impuesto de renta for like you know ordinary people so basically what they're going to start doing in 2023 is um making people have to declare renta from like who receive an income starting at 2.4 million pesos colombianos which is not a lot it is significantly greater than like the minimum wage but even so the minimum wage is embarrassingly low so they're gonna make these people have to declare renta even though like their incomes aren't the highest so it's like really unfair for them they are also going to be placing like a temporary tax with the goal of it being like solidarity solidarity solidar i don't know um but it's basically supposed to be like for solidarity <laughs> um so basically it would be in 2022 and 2023 and it is a one percent of fortunes of patrimonio liquido of or for over um 134 mil or 4665 and two percent for people who have like a slightly higher number so basically like they're again it's claiming to like redirect take a little bit more from the wealthier and you know redirect that to those who don't have as much but again like what i'm doubting here is how that process is going to be done and whether or not it's actually going to 
be efficient. They're also going to be placing this impuesto de renta on people who are receiving like their retirement funds monthly and people who receive from 4.8 million pesos colombianos monthly will have to declare that rent as well and again it's not like this is a super high amount like these are like super wealthy people um no that that's not the case so again what i said before is like that they're going to be lowering the margin from which they are going to be taking more and then they talk about how the statuses um four five and six are going to have to pay 19% of IVA for like our public services and yeah those are like some of the main points I am sorry if that was like a terrible explanation I am not an expert in the topic I'm trying to educate myself as a good citizen but you know from like my knowledge and what I've been able to understand and hear around me those are like the most important details and yeah if you're thinking to yourself that it sounds like a really good idea then you know there are like a lot of injustices and a lot of flaws so i must say that i am against like this proposal i just don't trust the government to be able to take it into action effectively and transparently so that is like the whole reason why there have been marches and protests going on so i feel like the whole like hearing about protests in the middle of the covid 19 pandemic is a really controversial topic within itself because obviously of like you know safety like covid and everything and god knows like how terribly we're handling the situation here so there are a lot of people that are saying like it's not the correct moment to go out and protest but then there are other people saying that if we are protesting in the middle of a pandemic it's because we're more concerned about the government than a virus so yeah you know so many interesting discussions have been coming up surrounding this and i must say that if the circumstances were different i would have liked to protest and what do i mean by these circumstances if covid was not a thing if i was older like probably if i was at least 18 or yeah just a little bit older <laughs> and also if there weren't like so many devastating like results of protests here because you know i feel like protests can always get a little bit aggressive and a little bit ugly and you know vandalism is like so common so yeah you know i feel like all of those topics scare me a little bit but my point is that i am against this whole proposal and i would have liked to sort of manifest myself towards the government and now that i mentioned like the whole topic of vandals i feel like I must clarify that for each vandal there are a hundred good people so many videos were circulating you know there was this one case in cali where they broke into a supermarket it was an exito and you know they stole like a bunch of tvs like they literally stole tvs <laughs> and then other protesters took the tvs from the protesters who had stolen them and took them back to the supermarket and they were yelling like what were they yelling it was beautiful but it was like you know like there are more of us that are good or something like that so yeah and i feel like this is really interesting because looking back to a couple of years ago at the end of 2019 there were also some protests going on and i was at such a different place like politically and just like critical thinking wise and if you would have asked me back then like what i thought about the protests that were going on 
I probably would have had like a super different answer <laughs> and that's because like I feel like that's really interesting to see sort of my growth regarding the term like protests and specifically like last year I feel like I understood that protests aren't done by bad people who like communists you know like not that communists are bad people but you know people that are like super against everything and that hate everything you know like they i i thought they were like well everything that was wrong with society and like everything that was deteriorating but like now i realize that like your political stance doesn't matter that much and there are some topics which need to be fought for some topics that are human rights and that don't have like opinions to them that you know like human rights are objective you know everybody should advocate for human rights and like stuff like that you know so i feel like i've really learned to look at protests from a different way and really see them as something like beautiful like when they're done peacefully like they can be so powerful and they can bring together a community so much and it's so beautiful to see like so many people getting together for a cause and like standing up for it and fighting for it even if it doesn't directly involve them but just like having that capacity to stand in solidarity with their brothers i feel like is so so important so yeah i guess my point is i've learned to like no longer frown upon protests and i think that's really important especially like yeah just as the young girl that i'm becoming and that i'm like sort of stepping into the world as you know i want to be a person who's able to think things twice you know and be like okay this could have been the candidate that i supported a couple of years ago but now i'm realizing that they're not really meeting my expectations and like feel okay with wanting to you know wanting accountability to be held you know like yeah it's just a really important internal realization that i've been having and also something really beautiful that i want to touch on now that we're on this whole topic is i love residente the almighty residente he is a singer from puerto rico and he has always been super like vocal and activist about all problematics and all like social like topics in all of latin america like he is such a good he's so woke in that sense basically and i remember again like at the end of 2019 when i was at a concert of his he addressed the protests that were occurring in colombia at the time and he posted on his instagram the other day a video like talking about the protests that were happening right now and he just addressed that addressed it in such an important way and i saw like a video circulating of like snippets of the protests and they had paced like a song like an iconic song by reciente that's called latinoamerica on top of it and i just felt like this is what it should look like you know this is how the protests should be held and this is how things should be doing this is like the way to you know demand like our rights and just like taking it to a grander scale like what protests should look like so yeah that's my opinion on the whole topic right now i am a young impressionable teenager mind you i'm just like 17 years old and this is my opinion like as of today my political like views will probably evolve with time and that's okay like i'm open to that growth i know that in the past two years like they've changed so much and i'm eager to keep learning and educating myself as annoying as that may sound i'm sorry if i did not describe accurately the situation but i just try to do so to the best of my knowledge i'm sorry if i said something ignorant please don't cancel me um yeah not yeah <laughs> um yeah but this thanks for just 
pushing me outside of my comfort zone to talk about something as important as this and hopefully if you don't live in Colombia you could learn a little bit more about what's happening or even if you do live in Colombia then just like hear a bit of my perspective I'm also going to be linking in the show notes a podcast that I listened to that really helped me just like understand the general traits of this reforma and just like feel like I was a bit more in the know it's in Spanish, but if you're interested in like learning more about that, it's super short and like well explained and easy to digest. <clears throat> I'm back, everybody. Fun fact, it is actually approximately like 24 hours later. It was getting late last night, so I decided to pause and finish up this episode now. I put my tea in the fridge and I just got it out and like heated it up again. And I also have leftover tea from another episode I recorded earlier, which was a guest episode you may have heard it this week it's with the amazing co-hosts of creative escape you should definitely check it out a shameless plug <laughs> now we are basically going to be moving into a part of the q a which is a little more breezy like not so much like like theoretical topics you know um still serious topics but a bit more like philosophical i don't know you <laughs> you'll understand soon so this next question comes from french and she asks how to get over the fear of failure so this is a great question it's a really big question and it's something that i have not achieved myself quite yet and looking back on like my experience when i was trying to craft an answer for this i thought back to like my past and i think the reason like the universe has a funny way of working <laughs> because um between like yesterday and today i i felt like a big feeling of failure and so i feel like it's a good moment for me to try and answer this question so um i want you to think about like when you fail you know worst case scenario you fail at whatever it is you're concerned about and you realize that it's not the end of the world and i know that sounds like so obvious but there's something about just being in that situation, being in rock bottom, and you're like, well, the worst that could have happened, happened, and I'm still here, you know? And I don't mean that in, like, a sad, depressing way. I mean it in, like, a resilient way. Ugh, I always forget to silence my WhatsApp web. And you are gonna fail a lot in your life, you know, everybody is. And these are, fa like, you're gonna constantly be facing failures, you know, life is gonna consistently, like, throw them at you. And you're gonna have to like continue dealing with them so for instance a recent failure that i had to overcome was when i wasn't elected to be the representative in the directive council which is like part of the student government in my school and it was a dream i've had for like several years and i felt like i was the perfect candidate for it and you know it was like in my opinion the best way to like finish my high school career and i wasn't elected actually a really good friend of mine was elected so that put me in a tricky position because the whole like moral dilemma for me at that time was you know like feeling like i had let myself down you know and i had to sort of grasp the whole idea that i wasn't good enough and i mean you're probably thinking like no there you are good enough but like it's okay i've come to terms with it and i know that i wasn't the best candidate and you know that some things that I had done, you know, may have shown that I had like certain weaknesses and that I wasn't the best person to, um, you know, like undertake that responsibility. And just learning that it is what it is, you know, like I can't do anything about it. And, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And 
this experience is showing me that you know i need to step up my game in the future and that life had other plans for me now and that life wanted me to invest my time differently but it was just like really trying to make peace with the fact that you know this image that i had of myself in my head this profile that i had built for myself wasn't always gonna go to plan and that's probably gonna happen a lot in the future as well in like the whole college application process and it's like okay you know like <laughs> like I, I can't do anything else and there's no point in stressing in it and i know this is like the most generic advice ever but i guess i assimilated it so it feels kind of different now and you're like gonna continue dealing with these failures in your life for instance like one failure for me like this particular one still has reper repercussions to this day you know like sometimes i'm talking with this close friend and she tells me about the things they discussed or you know she mentions like a meeting and i have to like smile and like encourage her even though like a part of me is kind of upset you know and it's like being that good friend and also just like you, you need to make peace with it every day you know it's not like you healed and it's done every single day you have to make the decision to be okay with it and it's the same with like breakups or whatever you know you, you need to constantly accept it again and again i think another really big part about this is not getting ahead of yourself probably if like you're stressing about failing you're thinking about the future and important things that are coming in your life and we all do it but my mom told me that you need to like take things day by day and you can't like rush yourself into thinking of the worst case scenario if it hasn't happened and i have another example to illustrate this basically the standardized testing here in colombia is called ICFIS, and you take it in the last semester of high school so my school offered like a training service where one day you know we would take like the whole test and it's like an eight hour test so it was like a pretty big deal you know everybody was working super hard on it and at the end of the day you would get like the percentage of how many questions you got right you know and i was really disappointed with my result like you would get the percentage but you wouldn't get the score or like your placement in comparison to you know other people so i was really upset with that like i cried a bunch i remember i recorded a podcast that day and i was just super upset because i thought that the percentages i had gotten weren't good enough and i was really disappointed because similarly i felt like i had shattered this identity that i had of myself and that like i didn't fit in the profile that i wanted for myself that was like a good student you know good test scores and all of that so it was like a big identity crisis so i just like collapsed and then a couple days later when we received the scores i had gotten like third in my class so i mean like technically my score wasn't that good but in comparison to the other students that had received the same education that i had that had the same resources i had you know i had performed like better so for my conditions it was like a good score and the point of this story is that I had gotten way ahead of myself and just made this whole drama in my head before knowing the results. And, you know, what I mean by this is if you're going to make a drama, then just make sure you do it when you know what the results are. Because if you, like, get all stressed right now, you're just going to put yourself through suffering twice, potentially. Or maybe things will turn out well and you didn't even have to suffer in the first place. So, yeah, I know this is, like, typical, like, mom advice, but... You gotta trust me on this and like try to put it in practice so that you can feel like how how much better it is something else that really helped me was looking back to when i had failed in the past and you know i had done so several times and realizing how i'm still standing you know how i coped with each situation how i fixed what i could how i improved when i could or how i accepted what i couldn't change 
and that I'm still like an integral person, that I still think I'm good, that I still think I'm valid, that I still know I have potential. And like just really like seeing things with a different perspective and understanding that, you know, it's not the end of the world. It may feel like that when things are happening, but it really isn't. So just like making peace with all of that would be my advice for you. And thanks for this question. I think it's really important. I feel like, yeah, just at the like when you're a teenager and you have so many things coming in front of you in your life, I think it's important to address this type of situation. Our last question for today comes from Sara and she says, I feel like I have distanced myself from people because we can't meet in real life. I don't want that, but I simply don't like FaceTiming or chatting much. It's not like we don't ever talk, but it's different now. Any advice on how to reconnect with them? Now, I am so glad you asked. I feel like this is really important to address and people were just like concerned about this like a year ago, but it's still like a problem or like something that's happening and people just kind of forgot about it. So I'm glad to bring this topic back to the table. And I guess the first thing I want to tell you is that remember that some bonds don't depend on frequency. I'm... I know that at least in like my case, I have some friends that I cannot talk to in months. And then when we see each other again, or when we like text each other again, it feels like nothing has changed. And that provides for a really special type of friendship. And it's really unique because when you do catch up, there's so much to address, you know, there's so much that has happened. So it makes like some really fun, juicy conversations. So I feel like that, I mean, I feel like people can sort of frown upon friendships which you don't talk to 24 7 but i think that there's definitely like a special charm in those as well so yeah you know like some i don't want to say this for like all friendships but i i think you know in like the best friendships it's definitely a trait where being close doesn't mean talking every single day and it's okay and for me it was like really important to understand that i didn't need to put this pressure on talking every day with everybody because sometimes you know like you can keep a distance and still value this person in your life you know and i know you mentioned that you don't like really texting but i think that this can be a really powerful tool and i invite you to try it at least like in small doses and in small quantities for instance I, what I like to do is sometimes, you know, I remember a friend or I think of somebody, you know, they come to my head and I realize that I haven't talked to them in a while. So what I like to do is just send them a little text, you know, like, hey, how have you been? What have you been up to? How are you feeling? Just like something really short so that they know that you've been thinking of them. And it's not this grand gesture or this thing that requires so much energy or this thing that's going to like requires a huge commitment or it's going to be like putting you on the spot. Like it's a really small act. And I think it's an excellent way to strengthen bonds because if you do so regularly and with a bunch of different people, then, you know, those around you will kind of know that you hold them in your heart, you know, like that you haven't forgotten about them. And again, it's like a really small task that you know, like, imagine when it happens to you, you feel like, oh, this person, like, still remembers I exist, you know, little stuff like that, I feel can really make a difference. Also, I get, like, really anxious and nervous when I do FaceTiming, when I do, like, FaceTime people, and I think that this is a question of, like, practice. For instance, you know, with some particular friends, like, I've done loads and loads of calls, so it feels, like, more comfortable and more natural with them, but, you know, you obviously have to expose yourself to that situation repeatedly in order for it to be, like, comfortable. 
um so like that on one hand but if you do want to like get into the habit of calling people i feel like it can just be really overwhelming when you see people who stay on a call for like five hours straight so what i would suggest is taking small steps and starting out with like quick calls you know and i do this with my family a lot to just like stay in touch just ring in and you know like ask them how their day has been what they've been up to you know what they have in store for them and just like something really short to let them know that i'm here to like let them see my face you know so that we can feel a little bit more connected but my point is like with these tasks don't make them seem huge and overwhelming just like really small attainable things and i can tell you from my experience that it makes the bonds feel stronger and you know that's how i like maintain my relationship with my dad you know we have like one big call every week but sometimes i sprinkle in like shorter calls throughout the week and you know that's how i feel like connected with him and yeah i feel like it's all in the little details i feel like with the relationships that i have it's really just a mental thing you know like a, a given situation can have like multiple like can offer me multiple positions and can offer me like multiple perspectives you know i can have like not talked with somebody for three months and i can feel perfectly connected to them or i can feel perfectly like not connected to them it just depends on like what i do to cope with that situation and for me like doing the small things really makes me feel more connected with people and also just like fun random stuff you know sending memes that a specific memory came to your head when you saw them and like you remembered them that's always really special you know like gen z we love memes so just sharing that with you know people who come to mind is a great bonding point and you can form like inside jokes on that or fun tiktoks you think they're gonna like and also if you can you know just like sending them gifts or like snacks or whatever i feel like that can go a really long way and in my case i feel really loved when people send me something so that's like my one of my love languages so yeah, I feel like for this whole thing, there's no right or wrong way to do things. It's just a matter of experimenting and figuring out like what feels comfortable for you and what you can do on a regular basis without like feeling exhausted and without feeling like you're unhappy, you know, like taking care and nurturing your relationships, but in a way that feels natural to you and not forcing anything because it's so mainstream to like talk about these specific ways to keep in touch. But if that doesn't work for you, then, you know, there are many alternatives. So just I invite you to like explore that and find different ways for you in your heart to feel connected with these people. Thanks for the amazing question. Well, that's about it for this episode. I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at theastpodcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. (laughs) Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. Because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews on here, so if you want to be featured, go on right ahead. Please spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, theastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. 
There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with the guest and an additional bonus monthly Q&A. Thank you for your time and for joining me in my little corner of the internet. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week and a wonderful existence.